Today on the Raising Athletes podcast, episode 12, Why Raising Intrinsically Motivated Athletes Matters. Hi. This is, I'm, (laughs) (laughs) Once you know it's for real, you're like, (laughs) (laughs) Hi, I'm Kirsten Jones. And I'm Susie Walton. And this is our podcast, hashtag Raising Athletes with Kirsten and Susie. Our passion is supporting parents and raising not only strong athletes, but extraordinary people. Join us each week as we tackle all topics youth sports, including everything from early specialization and overuse injuries, to helping our kids feel empowered and learn how to advocate for themselves, not only in the classroom and on the court, but at dinner tables and in their communities. We'll be talking to coaches, athletes, parents, and anyone else who will speak to us (laughs) about their experiences with youth sports and their paths to success. And even more importantly, their failures. Yes, we're going to get into the gritty details of what went wrong so that we can all learn from it, teach our kids and ourselves how to do better next time. Because in the words of Maya Angelou, when you know better, you do better. So welcome to Raising Athletes, because we love to win too. Let's do this. Hi, this is Kirsten Jones. And today on the Raising Athletes podcast, Susie and I talk about tips to help your athlete hardwire their intuition, both on and off the court. When we're allowing our kids to grow their intuition, their intrinsic awareness and skill set grows over time. The more we can let go, lean back, and just be supportive, the more resilient, gritty, and able they are to overcome setbacks. This is opposed to extrinsically motivated kids who are used to having rewards or parents who perhaps want it more than they do. We talk about the downsides of extrinsic motivation and how to help your kid tap into their inner sense of self. This is a good one. We hope you enjoy it. Hello and welcome. Today on Hashtag Raising Athletes, we are excited to be talking about intrinsic versus extrinsic motivation. It's just Susie and I today, and we're really excited to spend some time diving a little deeper into some of these topics that trip us up. But first, a quick introduction. I'm Kirsten Jones, a peak performance and sports parenting coach. My passion is helping others align their values with their mission and their mindset to get what they want in life. As a former Division I athlete, volleyball athlete, and 14-year Nike executive, I've always been curious about what makes peak performance possible. As a mother of three young athletes and someone who is currently in the middle of supporting my oldest son's dream to play basketball in college, Susie and I have created this podcast to help other parents who are trying to raise not only strong athletes, but more importantly, extraordinary people. Hi, I'm Susie Walton, and I am the founder of Indigo Village. I'm a mom of four sons and a grandma of nine little ones, all under age seven. I'm a speaker, author, and family coach. I've always loved sports, been an athlete myself, still playing beach volleyball. My passion is kids, and one of the best ways I know how to support kids is by supporting their parents and creating the family of their dreams. Yay. Hi, Susie. Hi, how are you? I'm good. This is is cool, just the two of us. Yeah, we're back to our, how we we start. Let's do it. That's how we started, yeah. Let's do it. So today we want to dive in um, on a topic that is so important uh, 
not only obviously in the, our sports lives, but in our personal lives. And when we start giving, I think, little pearls to the kids at a very young age, we start fostering these, how we're wired from a very young age. And either you're intrinsically motivated or you're extrinsically motivated. Either you're, there are things that our kids do by themselves without us ever having to remind them. I'm thinking of maybe like Fortnite. Um, there are also things that our kids, we have to tell them what to do. But we want to talk about today some tools. You know, as you're going into the summer, there's always this a lot more downtime. So what are some things that we can do to help our kids foster a passion to be intrinsically motivated? Okay, so let's start off actually with a role play today. And this role play is going to involve me, Susie, being the parent. And Kristen, you're going to be a, a high school or junior high girl who's playing volleyball. And you just found out that you're starting this week in the game. And the first time parents, I'm going to be that parent. I'm, it's going to be a very, it's going to be the, I'm going to be the praising parent where I'm going to, well, you'll see how it goes. Okay. Yeah. And then we'll talk more about the difference after the role play. But right now I will be the praising parent about, and you're coming in all excited about the starting role. Perfect. All right, let's do it. Hey mom, I just got the most amazing news. I'm starting in the tournament this weekend. You're starting? I'm oh starting. God. I'm so happy for, I'm so proud of you. I mean. I wouldn't expect anything less. It's about time that coach woke up and knows who's like the star player on the team. This is amazing, you know. And I'm thinking for every block you get this weekend, I'm going to pay you fifteen dollars. So I'll keep, I'll keep it on tap with you know my pen and paper that I bring to all the games. But I'm so proud of you. I mean, your sister, all she wants to do is draw. But you, my dear, you are the athlete of the family. Now let's go call grandma and grandpa. They're going to be so proud of you too, and I'm sure they're going to show up with all their cameras and videos. <laughs> oh, okay. So the question I have for you out there, parents, who's doing all the talking in this conversation? Mom. Yeah, it's, it's mom, the parent. Um, and so you can see already where if Kristen's not there yet, eventually she's going to be looking outside of herself for that motivation. Like I'm her biggest cheerleader. And some of you are out there thinking, what's wrong with that? Well, you'll find out in a moment. <laughs> but the thing is, um, in the whole reward system about paying you for block shots or a soccer goal or whatever sport your child's into, it's, we're creating that rabbit that needs a carrot in front of their nose to move forward. And the problem with that is the older they get, the bigger the carrot needs to become. And all of a sudden they're 16 and they're like, I want a car. No more $15. Like if I make it all, you know, if I make the uh, all league team, I want a car. And you're like, well, I'm, I can't afford a car. And then they're like, well, then I can't afford playing that well. But it becomes, they, they start pressuring themselves to perform for something, okay? And they're always looking ahead. Like even when I said, you know, which I, I don't even know if I threw that in there, like we're going to hire you a personal trainer. You yeah. keep this up. You'll be able to go to big division one school. I mean, parents out there feel the pressure, you know, it's, it's not healthy. And it doesn't even have to be a physical, tangible reward either. As I was telling you before we started talking uh, on the call, like I saw this weekend, a little 12-year-old girl that after every single point, she turned to get validation from her mother and her mother was having to be the cheerleader the entire time to like, keep going, keep smiling, keep, you know, like, wow, right? That's a big job for the mom. And it's a big job for the daughter to feel the pressure of making sure the mom was going to give her the validation she needed. And, and also along with that is 
that does not allow the child to feel the pure joy of what they're participating in. Yes. Because they're so caught up in what, how mom or dad or coach feels. Yes. So they're actually, we're actually taking away that opportunity to feel the pure joy of having a successful moment in their volleyball career or whatever career it is. So and let's so, try that. Yeah. Pardon me? So let's try that. Let's try the other. The other one? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, d- I'm dying to talk about that. <laughs> you want to go through some of the external um, oh, yeah. tips first or what happens when it becomes the parent's dream more than the child's? Yeah. So then you launch forward. So if that's happening early on, then as the child ages, you get to the point where potentially, let's say they, their dream is to play at the next level. It's, the dream is to play in college, but every reward um, and or punishment has been doled out by the parent. So I have an actual example from last weekend when my 17 year old came home and said he was at this elite camp tryout and a boy who plays on a team higher than he plays on um, he said, just wasn't having a great day. And he came over and he, as they're taking off their shoes, the kid kind of looked at him forlornly and said, would you please walk out with me to the car? And my son's like, yeah, sure. Why? And he said, well, I don't want my dad to yell at me. I mean, I know he's going to yell at me in the car, but I would like to just put it off a little bit longer. And my son was really like beside himself. He's like, I feel so bad for him, mom. You know, because what, what happens to that child when he doesn't feel like he's meeting his, his parents' approval? Stress, yeah. fear, inability to perform consistently, failure. It becomes the, you know, the F word shows up in his life all the time. He's not enough. He's never enough. So when he does really well, it's, well, yeah, of course you're supposed to do well. And when he doesn't do well, it's, what the heck were you thinking? So yeah. you can't really win. And then what did those kids do? They end up opting out because all they really want is their parents' love and their and approval. And approval. And they're not yeah. getting it either way. So it's too painful. You know, oftentimes that happens because um, the parent starts to live out their fantasy through their child. There was a dad who, you know, he'd had a dad that never threw the baseball to him. So he swore to himself when he had a son of his own, he'd be out there every day tossing a baseball to him. And then he had a son (laughs) and as the son got older, he kept saying, son, let's go out and and throw the baseball. He's like, I don't want to throw a baseball. I want to play Legos. And the son, the dad's like, what? How can you say that? Like, I, I, this is something I always wanted and I'm providing it for you. You're not one. Like he couldn't get it. But the problem was the dad was going to live out his fantasy with his son. And, you know, and I mean, I know of a young, well, she's now in her 20s, but when she was like 12, I think her mom, her dad was her soccer coach. And her mom asked her, how do you like having your dad be the soccer coach? He, she said, I like it when he's on the field coaching. She goes, what I don't like is when we get in the car and he starts going over every single mistake I made. She goes, I don't like driving home with them. So I, and I'm sure these parents have their, you know, their child's best interest in mind, but can you see all the external stuff taking where it becomes very extrinsic and it, it, it becomes all about the parent or all about the coach. Right. Right. So yes. Should we, should we do the other side? Yeah. Let's do the other side. So it feels okay. much better. <laughs> so that was the praising part. Now we'll do the encouragement praise and encouragement. It's a very fine line between the two of them. That's why I want to give you each of the role plays. So same excitement, same thing, different parent. 
Hey, mom, guess what happened? I just made the starting squad for this weekend's tournament. You did? Congratulations. Like, how did, tell me everything. How did that all come about? Like, what did the coach say? What did you do you think that made that happen? Well, I just, I've been playing really well. I feel really good. I've been really focused on, you know, my blocking and I'm improving that a lot. And then, you know, I had three great blocks in a row and I'm sure he saw that and we're playing a really big team. And so I'm just so excited that he's finally chosen me and sees that in me too. Like, do you think he sees that in me? I think you'll see that. And I'm, I'm happy for you too, because I know you've worked hard. So, you know, just embrace it and make sure you have a lot of fun with it. And um, congratulations. Thank you. Super cool. Yay. <laughs> so how did that feel compared to the first time? That it's my victory. Yes. Parents, That's I hope good. you could hear that. She's anchoring it in her. I'm allowing her to, you know, to go through the actual steps that she did in order to get this. Because so often as parents, we get so excited, we forget to ask, like, how did that happen? What do you think you did? Right? So that's where the internal motivation, the intrinsic comes into play. When you start asking your child or your teen, what was it that they did to make that happen? Like, what was their part in it? Yes. And that goes both ways, right? When it doesn't go their way as well, that they get to own that and get to understand, okay, what can I do differently? How can I? Yeah, let's actually do that role play. Why don't you come in and say, you know, I'm not starting this weekend and I'm so disappointed. Okay. Mom, I, I had three great blocks. I don't know what he didn't see, but he doesn't think I should start this weekend. And it's really upsetting. I can tell that you're really upset. So like, how can you make it work when you're on the, on the bench? Like, how can you still feel like you're part of the team? Well, I'd be better when I'm on the floor because that's where I should be. Cause you know, I'm better than so-and-so and so-and-so. Well, and so you won't be on the floor at the beginning. So what can you do to take care of you while you're on the bench and, and still be that team player that you are? Well, I guess I could cheer for my teammates cause we, we are a big team and we all want to win. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Want to give that a try and just see how it goes? Yeah, I can do that. Will you let me know how you feel afterwards? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's see. Yeah. Let's check that out and see how it goes. So yeah. how did that feel? You want to be rescued, right? And, <laughs> you know, you want mom to fix it. But, yeah. and when she doesn't fix it, it also puts it back onto me to figure out how to get onto the floor. Yeah. I remember one of my sons, all of a sudden he wasn't starting. He was so mad. Um, and his dad said, listen, take it as an opportunity because if you're planning on playing college, high school, college, and maybe eventually pros, there's a huge chance you won't always be a starter. So embrace the chance, the opportunity to be a, to be a bench player and learn, cause that's a gift in itself, learning how to come off the bench during a game you know, and being fired up and being in that place, that mindset that the people that are on the court are already at. And it was a great, great um, experience and a great, you know, lesson for his dad to share with them. And then, you know, it made it easier, not easy, but easier to be on the bench. And and sure enough, he didn't start a lot at Princeton, you know, but boy, did he know how to come off the bench. And eventually he was a starter again. And so it's, you know, we take these so-called disappointments in life and then we use it to our advantage as a teaching moment. Yes. Versus the rescuing or the yelling, well, what did you do wrong? You must not have done something at practice if you're not starting. I doubt the coach would just not play you. Mm. Like, if you really want to play big time, you better step up your practice. Like, 
that's bad, everybody out there. <laughs> like that's yeah. not what a kid needs. Okay. Yeah, they're most likely already doing that to themselves. So, yeah. to, you know, if they're competitive, if they're on that team, right, they're already doing that. So what can you, what gift can you give them to help them see the value in where they are and mm-hmm. how they can get to the next step? Yeah. Right? So, so we, a couple of things about that internal, um, what that supports you guys when, when we're helping our kids be more intrinsic, it, ha- it gives them the desire to play a sport um, from within not from without. Okay. They, 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 they take it on for, and own it. Um, internal passion for a sport unleashes super performance. It's been shown all over the place. The kids that do best in the world of sports are kids where they're driven from an internal passion versus external. You know, my son that played in the NBA for 10 years and is now coaching the NBA he, at age six, he said, I'm going to, I'm going to play in the NBA. And this kid never for a moment did I ever have to say, if you really want to play in the NBA, you better go out and practice your free throws. You know, if you're really going to play in the NBA. We got to get you a, a specialized trainer. Like he just played the game. He loved the game. And you could tell by his internal drive that this kid was going to play ball. Who knows how long, but it got to that place where he had that early passion and it was an internal one. So that's, what's going to spark the super performance. And once, and one more thing, outstanding competitors are driven by their own internal motivation. So if you're having to motivate your kids constantly to get out onto a practice field or to practice or to play, you know, there might be another passion for them that they're actually more passionate about. Right. Which is, yes, giving them the tools. So that's what we kind of wanted to talk about too, is how can we help our kids um, hardwire their intuition, listening to their intuition, right? Which is what we all need to, I think it's really hard to work on with as much social media and outside validation that we're all searching for. But Mm -hmm. when we give our kids, this is actually what I wrote about in my blog this week about giving them some very simple tools, like helping them pick, you know, get one small win. What, what's one thing that I'm going to work on this week in my game, that's going to make a difference. Because we, the other thing we end up doing is giving them five things that they should be doing better. And when Mm -hmm. you give them five, they can't remember anything. But you say, and ask, you know, to your point earlier in the role play, when they are, you are doing all the talking, something's wrong. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You are asking the questions and they are providing the answers. You know, don't lead the witness. Let them drive the conversation around what it is they need to work on. They know. And if they don't know, parents, they'll ask you, I don't know. (laughs) And then you say, this is important. Would you like some ideas? Do not give your information out for free. If you start saying, well, you should do this and do that. They are going to quickly, if not already create what we call parent deafness. They're going to be like, wow, wow, wow. Here he, she goes again. But if you say, would you like some ideas? Are you feeling stuck? And they say, yes. Now that stuff becomes pearl of wisdoms because they actually have asked you for some ideas. Exactly. So always ask before you tell parents. Great, great point. All right. So the second point. So the first thing is to help them celebrate small wins and pick one thing that you that they're going to work on. Right. That's mm-hmm. a easy, low hanging fruit, and that's what we want all of these to be because this is when we 
the more we work this muscle, the easier it becomes. So the more they can find the small wins to celebrate and keep working on one little aspect of it, the bigger, you know, the more your competence grows, the more your confidence grows, right? So how do you do that? By creating a routine. So what are you spending? Most of us spend, we have 40,000 thoughts a day. And most of us spend it either in the future or in the past. Either we're, ah, oh, the glory days, or, you know, oh, one day win. When my son makes this team, when my kid gets to go on here, when. So when we can live in the present, living in the now, and creating the vision of what, what it is that we want, what it is I want, you know, teaching them what I want to create. So with one of my clients right now, he wants to play college baseball. What is it that you are creating today in service of that goal? What can you do today that if you can't be on that mound pitching for UCLA today, what is it they're looking for? And what can you go do today that would help you get there? Yeah, I love that idea of just one thing. <laughs> one. It's hard, right? Because yeah. you feel like I got to do all these things. Actually, again, every step journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step. And even then, if they brainstorm 10 ideas, then you say, so pick one. Great. That and tomorrow we can do week, another. You know, or whatever it is, but just one a day. Because, you know, if you were to train for a marathon, you wouldn't go run 26 miles in one day. You might start off with a two-mile run for a few days until you get comfortable and feel confident and then move on to the miles. It's the same thing with any of these long-term goals, like I want to go play ball at UCLA or I want to play in the pros. Like, that could be a little overwhelming. Right. Yes. So it's like, just, let's bring it on down. Like what's one thing today you can do to support you in your dream or your goal? Which is leads into step number three. So how do you do that? I love this technique and trick. And I think when I say it, sometimes I think kids think it's kind of corny, but it, what we focus on expands. So number three is creating affirmations. I am statements. You're setting up the vision and our brains don't know the difference between what we think and what we actually do. And when we start talking about ourselves in an affirmative language, our brains, again, start thinking, shifting, right? So mm -hmm. I am the guy who gets to play at UCLA. And with this client, I even said, have you gone? You live a half a mile from the stadium. Have you ever been over there? Like, what does it smell like? What is it? feel like? What does the sun on your face when you're sitting in the dugout feel like? When we start to really visualize, feel, I, I am the kid that plays in, in Dodger or in uh, UCLA Stadium, um, you, you start asking better questions. When we ask better questions, we get better answers. So, you know, who gets to play there? What, are they, what type of athlete? What is their daily routine? What do they focus on each day? What do they eat? How much do they sleep? How early do they get to the gym? When you start asking those questions, those will help you figure out what step I should take today. Yeah, yeah. that's really such a great idea. Um, and again, it doesn't have to be something huge. No. You know, but to see yourself there, you know, Jack Canfield, the chicken soup guy, you know, he talks about, like, you know, if you if fear of flying, well, you're sitting in the airport waiting to, to get on a plane, see yourself already where you're supposed to be. Like you already landed, you're, always, you're already with your people. Yes. So it's the same thing you're talking about. Like you want to play baseball at UCLA, see yourself playing, sit yes. on the, you know, watch yourself, stand on the pitcher mound, feel your, that, there you are, you're playing game one, UCLA, whatever, or wherever you choose to go. Yeah. And just so you get so comfortable with it, it's an automatic when it actually happens. And you're using affirmations like, I am so grateful. 
I am able to play baseball today. I am so powerful when I show up and I let the game come to me. I am free. Talk, more about, talk about more of that and letting the, come, the game come to you. So when we get into a state of flow, when you talk about being, you're not thinking, you're just doing. And it's that perfect place where you're a little outside of your comfort zone meets your, meets your ability because you're pushing yourself, but you're also, as soon as you, have you ever done that where you're in the match and, you know, we're playing beach volleyball and you're playing really well. And then somebody says to you, wow, Susie, you're playing really well. How, how are you, how are you hitting the ball so well today? And then all of a sudden you think, I don't know, how am I hitting the ball so well today? (laughs) And then you stop hitting the ball so well today. Right. <laughs> well, that's happened a few times. Yeah. Say more. <laughs> it's when we are actually not overanalyzing it. We are in flow. We are experiencing, um, you know, this, uh, this amazing, and that comes by your brain shutting off. You're not hearing your dad yelling at you in the car on the way home. You're not hearing the coach yelling at you or think about this or hold the ball this way, or you're, you are doing, you are being, and that comes from affirming who you are. I am free when I play with grace and ease. I am my best when I'm living in the moment. I am so grateful for my teammates and coaches who support me and I feel them all around me. These, are, these statements are available to you now and to use every day. And um, I love uh, McDermott, Doug McDermott. He played for his dad at Creighton and now plays in the NBA. And there was an article on him I guess it was five or six years ago when he was still at Creighton, but talked about he spent a lot of time focusing. He would be affirming what was going to happen on the court. He would visualize it, and then he would talk about it as if it's already happened to himself. And he would go out and make it happen. Yeah. And I think what you're talking about, too, you know, it's like having the, um, the confidence in yourself that what you're doing is the best thing for you. You know, we're talking about intuition. Now, the thing is, parents, um, our core beliefs are set by age seven, which is not great news because in those first seven years, how often does it happen to a child where they're, they're you know, filling up a cup, of, a cup with milk and it overflows or they pull an egg out of their food and it cracks or whatever, something spills and we're like, all of a sudden from, from the other room or in the kitchen, someone said, what were you thinking? Are you crazy? Like, you don't know. I don't, this is why I don't want you pouring milk. In the middle, that, in that moment, that child is jolted, and what can create come within them is they're thinking, "Gosh, I thought it was an okay thing to do. I guess it's not." And eventually, after a lot of those kind of situations, we stop believing in ourselves. We stop thinking we know what, what's best for us, and that in itself starts creating internal motivation where we we're looking at it. You, is it okay if I try this? Is it okay if I do that? And so. You're going to, you know, most of us have had that happen. And the more it happens, the more we stop trusting. So with your kids today setting goals, whether it's for sports or school or for life, you know, when you've got to actually help them with their self-talk too, because they might say, be able to say, I'm so grateful that I'm get to play baseball today. And then self-talk is like, no, you may not be able to play. And so what, you know, Jack Canfield leading expert on self-esteem said if we could monitor our self-talk we'd have no problems with our self-esteem so that that self-talk has to you know when we're doing one of these affirmations and something shows up in our head that's arguing we've got to teach our kids to say to that thought stop (laughs) and go back to the affirmation until that affirmation becomes the truth of what they know 
So parents and kids listening, here's our challenge to you. You have three tools here. One, play free. Come up with small wins. Pick one small win that we can talk about. Number two, create a routine. Get out of spending time in the future or the past, but what is, what is it that I can, affer- I, I can visualize now that I want to achieve? And number three, write your affirmations. This should put you into a, into a state of flow. If you're writing really good ones, you'll know because you'll be like, oh, I'm so on fire. Like when I meditate in the morning and I start writing affirmations, I get so excited to go do what I have to do for the day because it's already happened. Now I just get to go make it, make it a reality. And I'm having that show up for me more and more. (laughs) Yeah, you are. (laughs) (laughs) And when that happens, it's crazy, right? And we say, oh, it's a miracle. It's actually you manifesting what you want in life. And that's available to them right now. What a huge gift we could give our kids if they knew that that was available to them every day. Every day. Yeah. So we would love, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Like, how is this working? You know, share with us, you know, some affirmations that they've created. You know, what are you using in your own life? And the more we, it's a muscle, the more we use it, the better we get at it. It becomes your guide. It becomes that internal um, guidance, you know, where even for you parents, like you create I am statements. I'm yes. kind, loving, and disciplined. And say them out loud yes. so that your kids are going, what are you doing, mom or dad? And you're like, this is who I am. You know, and, and so they, especially the younger kids are like, well, I want an I am statement. And yeah. so you start, you know, they do two or three. I'm fun, loving, and happy. Yeah. You know, and, they, and so they, the younger you start these goal setting and affirmations, it, it just becomes what they know and who they are. And so, you know, there's so many scientific studies now showing um, how important this is to make your life be the life that you want, want it to have. Exactly. Awesome. So... Well, with that, I would love to say, if you found this helpful, please share the love and pass this along. We're on iTunes. You can go on there and leave a, leave a, um, a review and or share it with another sports parent you know. And with that, until next time, let's do this. Let's do it. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Thank Enjoy you. Enjoy your week. Have a great week.